Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers, thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us step into their shoes. I help women to strengthen their resilience muscle, own their stories, and conquer their fears so they can reach their goals. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Oluremi. She's the founder and CEO of Natural Girl Wigs that provides the finest hair extensions for Black women. It's not just about hair, it's about community and how they uplift women to show up confidently in hair that looks like their natural hair. And with over 50 products, they've delivered to over 10,000 women in more than 30 countries globally. She's helping Black women embrace their true texture and live their best authentic life. And when she's not working at Natural Girl Wigs, Oluremi is helping online businesses achieve the next level of growth. Please welcome to the show, Oluremi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was quite an introduction. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you for coming on and agreeing to share your story with us. It's an honor to have you. Thank you so much. I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I believe that as women, we have all these different titles that we go by. And, you know, every episode I read these beautiful bios of these amazing women, but I believe that a title that is not given enough significance or credit is our name because our names have meaning. So my question to you, Remy, is do you know what your name means? Uh, my name actually means God or my God consoles me. Beautiful. That's the meaning of my name. Yeah. I and love the background it. to that story, my mom had a child before me and she lost the child. And oh, wow. yeah, so she had me after she had lost my brother. Wow. I believe they call it a, a rainbow baby. So the child that you have after losing a child. I've, I've interviewed a woman on the podcast um, recently, actually, that happened to her. She had lost a child and the child that she had after that, the beautiful blessing, um, she let me know that's called a rainbow baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just going to, you know, tell that story instead now and just say, well, I'm a rainbow baby. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful. So I'd love to know, what did you want to be when you're a little girl? When I was a little girl, I think it was a lot more about what people, you know, expected me to be because I was, you know, very outspoken. I was usually very knowledgeable about the things around me because um, my mom, you know, made sure that we were very into like current affairs. She introduced me to a lot of women growing up in terms of like the books that I read, the magazines that I saw, um, the kind of, you know, things I watched on TV. So a lot of people felt, oh, I was probably going to be a a lawyer or I was going to be, say, um, just someone like in the media space, either like a musician or something like that because of how outspoken I was. But for me, I just knew that I wanted to be part of a movement. For me, that was what, you know, being outspoken meant, that I was going to be part of a movement. I don't think I really had one thing that I wanted to be growing up, which is quite funny because a lot of women <laughs> always had this ambition. But I knew that I was very passionate about, you know, 
human rights and the things that happened around me, I also knew that, you know, I wanted to be part of a movement. So that's what it was for me. It was until I went to, you know, my secondary school and I was always leading like debate classes and everything. I just, that was when I knew that, oh, at some point in my life, I was going to either lead a, a movement for women or have a company that is about women or something like that. I love it. I love it. So what inspired you to start the Natural Girl Wicks? It's a combination of different things. I feel like I have like different stories that all led to the moment where I eventually started the business. So I used to work in like, I eventually, you know, became like a digital marketer. I was working in a, a digital boutique agency in Lagos. As at the time, I actually started the business. So I was always, you know, working with clients on their influencer programs, like digital media campaigns or launching a product and things like that. So I started this Instagram page which I called Brown Girl Henji. And that page was just like, you know, uplifting like black women and, you know, sharing black beauty inspiration from makeup to hair and different things. And also I, I had this challenge with like my hair, my protective styling and things like that. In fact, I, you know, I was natural, then I pimped my hair, then I went natural again, then I texturized. It was always a struggle. But then I realized that one of the reasons why, you know, the maintenance and all of these things was hard for me was because I wanted to always, you know, look the same way, like, or at least similar to what my natural air is. So I felt like there was a disconnect between me having like my own natural textured air and, you know, in my protective styling, I'm either wearing like, you know, Brazilian air extensions or, or different kind of weaves. So there was a time I, you know, put up an idea on the Instagram page and I was like, how would it look to have the textured air extensions kind of wigs and protective styling and you know just something like that and a lot of women on the page are like oh yeah definitely and I actually got links to some you know businesses that were doing these things and in my research I realized that it's either these businesses are not even black owned or they are owned by you know the Chinese or anything Mm -hmm. or they are just focused on selling like very expensive air extensions so I did a wig for myself and I collaborated with my own hairstylist at the time we made this afrocentric looking week together which and i posted it on this page and the feedback was really amazing i had people who were like pre-ordering for me so i actually started with like no money i just started with this week that i made with my hairstylist and then people saw it ordered for it then we now started making like hair like it so now we have like a combination of different things and both like man like the full hair but the idea for me was just to, you know, have a company or a business that was selling different kinds of styles for all kinds of Black women. I love that. And I love how the idea came about. And is it correct that I read that in your first year, you made 250000 That was actually, I think in the first year, we did a hundred, close to 200 it, it was like in the first six months into the second year that we did 256 yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, you know, what has your journey been like since starting your company? How has life changed for you? Um, life changed for me with the fact that I had to like leave my nine to five job at the digital agency. And, you know, I just become the head of digital marketing. But I just knew that this was what I wanted to do. Like the business was growing. It was sort of like fast paced for me at my level. And I knew that, you know, there were were people, you know, trying to order from us from everywhere. And 
I kind of like felt like this is something I could pursue long time. And, you know, I just started the business. So I decided to leave my nine to five and pursue the business. So it's been kind of a journey because before now, I've always been about, you know, building communities, creating experiences. You know, the business side is a different thing entirely. So I've, I've had to like learn on the job, do a lot of reading, take a lot of courses. And I've been also lucky to have like, you know, a partner. I have a partner, like a co-founder now. So, you know, it's been as I'm learning and also learning from like our customers and the experiences that people have. We've been able to improve as we go and it's been really exciting. That is beautiful. So on the personal side, has that changed anything for your life? Because I know a lot of times when women start out a company and especially if they're, you know, starting out as a small business and things change for them dramatically, whether that changes their their home life with their children or their interactions with their family. Like, has that changed anything for you on the personal side? I wouldn't say it has changed much. If anything, I would say it has improved my personal life because uh, my partner actually happens to be like my husband now. And <laughs> even though he has like his own, <laughs> he has his own work and everything, but he's worked in tech and, you know, like business operations for like tech businesses. So he helps with his own expertise in his own way. And also my mom has really been supportive from like the early days. She's really helped me with like the inventory, the storage managing and everything. So in a way, I think it also even made me bond with my family more because like everybody in my household is helping me out. Like when we have like very uh, long order days, either it's Black Friday or people are just like ordering so much on the website. Like I have my brothers, my cousins, everyone helping me out, including my grandmother. So I like the inspiration is from like everyone in my family. So I think it has even helped me to like improve my relationships with the people around me. I love that it's like a family business, all hands on deck. I love it. I love it. So I know as an entrepreneur, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for over 10 years, and I know that sometimes things can get frustrating in business when things don't work out the way that we want it to. And being an entrepreneur, it requires a lot of self-motivation. So how do you stay motivated? I like to read about like other people who've done was who have done the things I want to do and you know who are also like in my own current situation I think like there's nothing like being inspired by people who are like you so even if they're not in business just seeing like other black women either in the corporate world in business that are walking up the ladder building you know significant things and you know amazing businesses inspires me so I'm always you know reading from people like this and also I'm constantly inspired by the women around me too they say you know if you want to like succeed in life it's important to you know surround yourself with people who sort of like have the same mindset as you are Mm -hmm. so um you know just being around women who inspire me constantly motivates me and that's one thing I would tell you know anyone in business out there I think that instead of like you know not collaborating and you know just blocking out other people I think it's important that you look out for businesses or people who are doing things that are similar to you or not necessarily similar, but still on the kind of journey that you're on and learn from them. I think that pushes me to, you know, want to do something great. Like when I saw the story of uh, Anifa, the lady who, you know, created this fashion 3D uh, runway and now everything, like I went to read everything about, even though I had known about her and her brand, I didn't really know her, but I've seen her brand before. 
So, you know, stories like that motivate me and it just makes me see like, you know, there's somewhere else that I can go after this. There's a next level. So mm-hmm. it inspires me and yeah. Um, I've interviewed, I think it was episode seven, a lady by the name of Vivian Kay. She's from here in Toronto. She also has a natural hair extension company called. Yes, I uh, know her. Yes. Yes, I love Vivian. She's like, she's a friend of mine. So, um, you know, when you're talking about learning from other people, no matter what business you're in, I think she's an amazing person to learn from and connect with. Not just. I actually uh, follow her. So I good. I read everything she posts. You know, I've actually even purchased some of our online. I think she's done some certain online courses or something. But yes. I'm always, you know, watching her videos, and she inspires me as well. Yes, she's she's amazing, amazing. So, what what inspires you the most about what you do? I think it's just like the experience of just being who you want and anything you want as a black woman, I feel like that's something that I really love. So either like seeing our customers, you know, creating like different styles and even sharing their stories with us. So I always say that my business is beyond just the hair that, you know, my business is also about like a community of black women. So we have these newsletters that we do that we send out like every week, sharing stories of like other black women, you know, different things about like the black experience, culture and things like that. So seeing the feedback from this newsletter and also the reviews and the things that, you know, our customers share with us after like receiving our product or pictures of them in our in our product or things like that motivates me because I feel like for them, they are seeing us for what we really are, which is mostly a community more than even selling the hair pieces. And that's what I want the natural girl brand to eventually become. And I'm happy that I'm seeing the footprint already, right? So mm-hmm. that inspires me and that encourages me so much because I know I'm on the right path. I know I'm doing the right thing. And it's just a beautiful experience. So what would you say to any woman that's listening right now that's afraid to start her business or to even take that next step in her business? What advice would you give her? One thing I'm going to say is that you don't know, you know, you really don't know until you start. I know that for a lot of women out there, we always deal with having ideas. We always deal with, you know, just thinking about what we want to do. But, you know, taking that step of actually doing it is a different story. And I also have the story. When I was, you know, thinking about doing Natural Girl Weeks, even when I had that page and I had shared the story and I knew that, you know, there was a market for this kind of product, it still took me a while to actually get to reality because I kept doubting myself and thinking, oh, what if people don't like it? You know, people say all sorts of things on social media. It's a different thing when you actually make the product. Are they going to buy and things like that? So mm-hmm. I just want to tell people that, just do, do, produce, create, do anything that you think you want to do. If people do not like it, then that's fine. But you would never know if you do not try. And, you know, there's no perfect product. I always tell people that if you create something now, you can't know it all. You can't have it all. The feedback you get from the market and your customer, it's still going to, you know, affect what you do and how you alter the product, how you make changes. So the number one thing I would always say is, Surround yourself with people that, that can push you and take the, you know, take the step, take that bold step to just start what you want to do today. 
I love it. I love it. So the key is to take action. You know, there's a lot of people that have ideas and they have these dreams, but they don't attain them because they're afraid to just take action. So your advice is for them to just take that step. I love it. Yeah. So what's one thing that most people don't know about Olu Remy? Tell us something that most people don't know about you. I think I really write for my, like my people. I'm that kind of person. I don't really have like a lot of friends, but like the few people I have in my corner, I really write for them. And also I'm the kind of person that is very deliberate. So if I say, if I see, say like a black woman or a woman doing a business, I'm the kind of person that takes note of that business. Right. So like Mm -hmm. I'm that kind of person. And I'm also the kind of person that when I see someone, you know, someone has done like a really bad thing to women or like to black women or anything, I can also take note and say, well, I'm never patronizing this business again. So mm-hmm. it might just be me. I mean, other people might not care, but like for me, it's like, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. Like, it's very right. important to me. So yeah, sometimes people can be like, oh, you're doing too much. But I feel like if we really, you know, stand for something, then we have to stand for it, you know, thoroughly, right? Mm-hmm. There's no halfway. That's the kind of person I am. So I think that, you know, sets me apart sometimes my friend are like oh Remy please but I feel like you know <laughs> sometimes my friends could be like uh it's really not that deep but for me it's deep like if a business or someone has like you know consistently shown that you know that they're, they're sort of like assholes in quote mm-hmm. like I'm the kind of person that will step back from supporting that business and if I also see a woman especially women if I see a woman or a black woman you know starting a business to buy you know twenty dollar worth of the product and the kind of person that you know actually puts my money into it so I think I'm very passionate like whatever side I'm on I'm a very passionate person mm-hmm. so what are some other adversities that you've had to experience to get to where you are today? I think also because you know where I live and also like where we produce in the early days like we had the challenge of you know some people, you know, worried about like, oh, is this a black owned business or something like that? And, you know, we had to like communicate that consistently and say, oh, this is me. And also because I wasn't really out there with the brand, wasn't really all over social media with the business. So like that, that was it, right? Um, it wasn't really like a big challenge, but it was something that we had to like communicate consistently. And also in terms of like, you know, payment structure, shipping and all of that, we had to figure it out so that it was, you know, affordable for people and, you know, also receiving payments from people as well. So I would say like those are those were the challenges. And as someone was, you know, this was my first product business, even though I'd done like services and like the digital media space, but in terms of like selling a product, so I had to like factor in like the shipping properly. I had to make sure that, you know, we could receive payments from people via PayPal and all of these other means. So like that was a bit of a challenge, but I'm happy that we've been able to, you know, walk through that now. Yeah. So you said, you know, the challenge was from where you're from or where you produced. So we have listeners all over the world, you know, Canada, the US, Africa, Australia, Korea. So tell the people like where you're from and where your, your products are produced. Yes, so currently our products are produced in Lagos, in Ghana, and in Texas. So the way the business is structured, we leverage on black hairstylists 
to like produce the wigs and the ponytails and everything that we do. Like I said, like the first product that was, you know, produced was in collaboration with my own stylist. So I've sort of like made it a model whereby like we give jobs to like the local stylist as well. So we produce from like Lagos, Nigeria, from Accra, as well as in Texas as well. And we ship from like either like our Lagos, you know, storage or the Texas storage. That's, you know, those are the places we ship from. So currently we deliver everywhere in the world. Like most of our customers are actually in the US and we have customers in Canada as well, in the UK and Nigeria, Ghana, everywhere in the world, to be honest. But I'm going to say like most of our customers are in the US, in Canada, in the UK and Nigeria. Okay. Awesome. So have you had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way? Um, so the, my idea of like coaches, I wouldn't really say, I mean, I, I follow a couple of people and like when they, you know, create courses or they have like a template I buy, like, for example, Vivian K, I think I bought like one template that she put together Mm -hmm. and I follow her as well. I have other like, you know, entrepreneurs and coaches that I follow that way. Although like, I wouldn't really say I have like mentors, although recently I just like, you know, hooked up with like an entrepreneur uh, in the States who's doing like an amazing thing. She has this female rider company. So you can like for women, women are the drivers. It's called R-Ride. H-E-R-I-D-E. So like they provide, uh, it's sort of like an Uber, but mm-hmm. it's like for women. So, uh, you know, a couple of times we jump on calls and she sort of like helps me to think about some things. We have conversations, but generally like I'm the kind of person that follow people online, read what they write and I get inspiration and I get lessons from that. I do not believe that you have to, you know, have someone as like a physical mentor or coach. Right before you can learn from them because people share a lot online they share yes. a lot about their lessons and especially women a lot of women are very open about their journey so i learn from what i read online i learn from you know what they put out there i love that and i 100% agree with you where your mentor or coach doesn't have to be someone in real life you know we can have someone that we see on the internet or someone that we've read about who is either in the position that we want to be in or has the qualities that we aspire to have and learn from them just by following them online, reading their any interviews and stuff that they've covered or or podcasts that they've been on. And like you said, them sharing their journey can help you along the way, not just seeing you know where they are today, but understanding the process that they had to go through and the things that they also had to overcome. I definitely believe those same things. And I feel like as women, like I said in the beginning, we wear all these different hats. So with you being a business owner and a wife and all of these different things, how do you take care of Olu Remy? Like what does your self-care routine look like? Pre-COVID, I usually <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> yeah, because I feel like that's a different thing. Yeah. I hang out with my friends a lot. Like, you know, I have a friend. We mostly hang out like every week. Sometimes we take ourselves out for lunch. Uh, I try to just chill by myself Mm -hmm. because I feel like it's important. For a woman, it's, you know, a lot of times you don't have personal time for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I try to create that space for myself. Now that, you know, during the COVID era, I tend to, you know, have like my personal time when I'm like, you know, with my skincare products, either scrubbing my skin, you know, and doing things like that. I also like to have like a silence time 
where mm-hmm. I'm like just alone in the room for a couple of hours, meditating, thinking about things, listening to the music, to the music that I love and things like that. So I, I feel like self-care for me is having like my own personal time where I'm alone and doing the things that I love. You sound like you're introverted introverted people they i'm not no i'm not at all i'm not i think i'm a mix of the two i think i'm a mix of the two because like when i go out i go out like i party i do things but also i don't go out like all the time so when i go out i tend to like do all the fun things i want to do but majority Mm -hmm. of the time like i'm in house and i enjoy my i enjoy my alone time i like to probably just to my friend on the phone or just to my partner or, you know, be by myself. But I think I'm a mix of the two. I'm not of those people who never go out. I go Mm -hmm. out, out, but I also understand, you know, the importance of being by yourself sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have a complete random question because I came across this article on the Reader's Digest and I like to ask every woman that comes on the show because there's a fashion expert that says like, just by looking at your footwear, they can tell a lot about your personality. So your favorite type of shoe says a lot about who you are um, in terms of your personality. So I would love to know, Oluremi, do you know what your favorite type of shoe is? You know, is it a a running shoe, a stiletto, a flip-flop, boots, uh, loafers? I don't know. What's your favorite type of shoe? I love sandals. Sandals? I love old sandals, yeah, like moles, you know, things like that, or pointed sandals with heels. Like I'm a sandal girl, yeah. So when you say sandals with heels, like more like pumps? Yeah, like pumps or moles. I have a lot of moles actually, like those patterned, you know, structured moles. I like those a lot. Uh, Yeah, I have a couple from like Zara from Mango and all of this other, you know, brands. So I actually like Moles a lot. Okay. M-U-L-E-S. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it says that mule devotees enjoy being the center of attention. Mule wearers love to tell a funny story to a large group of their friends. There's someone who will bravely stand to give a toast and they're an excellent public speaker. This person is very confident, very social, and just adores being the center of attention in some way. Let's face it. If you look down and you're wearing mules, you know you can't get enough of the limelight. <laughs> Does that sound like you? <laughs> um, I feel like it's 80% me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I want you to tell the people where they could stay connected with you online before we go to the final segment of the show. My social media is Oluremi underscore hex. My personal Instagram is Oluremi underscore X. And that's what I am on Twitter as well. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram often. Okay. And I will have the link to all of your social medias in the details section of the episode. So they can just click and connect with you directly. Okay. And, and my business as well. Because that's important to yeah. me. I will have all of those there for you, no problem. I want you to take take a second. And for the final segment of the show, it's called A Walk in Her Wisdom. It's just a couple of quick reflection questions, and you share the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. So first question, name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. 
Um, so uh, I would say there's a book I read currently. Um, it's about customer service. Yes, Ogio Eters. Ogio Eters. So what's it called again? Ogio Eters. Okay. Uh, hug your Ogio haters. Eters. Okay. What failure has taught you the most about life? I think what failure has taught me the most about life is that life is a journey, mm -hmm. actually. So if you fail, it's not like the end of the road. It's a lesson. And, mm -hmm. you know, you can always change. You can always change the trajectory of your life. You can change the next chapter of your life. It doesn't failure you've had. So failure, failing at things, because actually before I started my business, I've had like some failures in, you know, starting other businesses before, but, and, you know, very, very bad failures. But I think that all the lessons that I've learned and also me reflecting as a result of those failures has helped me to, you know, have a better life now. So I think mm -hmm. what failure has taught me is that it's not the end. It doesn't have to determine your entire life. You can take it as a lesson and improve your next chapter. I love that. I love that. Name one of the most worthwhile investments that you've ever made. And that could be money, time, energy. Aside from my laptop, because I do a lot of work on my laptop. So it's important that my laptop is in good condition. Um, I'll also say, you know, uh, there's this group that that um it's called admission so uh it's a group of like d2c companies that you know are scaling like products mm -hmm. uh and you know i've learned a lot of lessons being in that group that they, they've helped me improve with like my advertising skills and also my marketing and storytelling skills as well so like that's the biggest investment and the most useful investment that i've you know done in recent times okay uh, what impact do you want to have on the world? I would want to sort of like amplify the voices of women because I think that, you know, most times putting a woman in, you know, voting a woman or just electing a woman or having a woman in certain positions, either in corporate world or in business, is mostly like an afterthought. Mm -hmm. And I want people to see like the potential of like women and how powerful our mind is and how creative we can be. So that, you know, we're not just thought of as, sec you know, as an afterthought. So I would want my life to be a reflection of, you know, the potential of what women do across like anything we are invested in. And also like for black hair. Uh, I always say that I would want to be like the, the first, you know, black hair producer in terms of uh, actually, you know, manufacturing like each fiber that goes into producing air. I think that mm -hmm. that is something that is currently dominated by, you know, companies and things like that. We black women, you know, wear a lot of hair, a lot of hair products and stuff like that. So I, and it's actually a very huge, so seeing, you know, a black woman, you know, owning that market, I think it's a very huge message. And that's, that's one of the footprints I would like to leave in the world. Thank you. That's awesome. So what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? So of recent, I started this thing where when I wake up in the morning, I try, like, I don't go near my phone. I, you know, go brush my teeth. I exercise. I meditate. I drink water. I drink tea. I try to, you know, 
embrace my environment for like the first two hours before you know going into my phone and mm-hmm. it has really worked for me because i realized that when you check your phone there's a there's a kind of energy that you know comes into you by the kind of news you see so you can you know yes. take your phone for instance and see like a very bad message or you see something that makes you angry so me practicing that or i just started practicing it like a few months ago but it has actually improved my day it has improved like my to-do list it has improved like my work my work for the day and even me communicating and me relating with people around me so just you know making sure that i have that positive energy that i can direct by myself has helped improve my life I love that. I actually do the exact same thing. And I was just sharing with someone last night that they should implement that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's beautiful because I find a lot of people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is they check their phone. And like you said, if you get a bad, if you get a, a, you know, a negative email or message or something on social media, first thing in the morning that can ruin your energy for the entire day. And Waking up in the morning and starting your day with consuming from outside sources, it's not helpful to you. So having practices in the morning of not going straight to your phone and going straight to social media or emails and actually starting your day, uh, you know, feeling energized, whether it be praying or meditation or, you know, going for a walk, getting some exercise, doing things for yourself first before, you know, going to your phone. So I love that. I actually do the same thing. It actually works. I want more people to embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. And last but not least, what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could be distractions, invitations, family. Yes. I think that I've been better at saying no to some requests that I'm not necessarily comfortable with, but usually it's like uncomfortable to say no to people because you don't want them to feel a certain way. So I think that I've also learned to say no, but with like empathy, like Mm -hmm. understanding why that person thinks you should, you know, totally say yes to their request, either because of their own need or the relationship. So I've learned to just say no in situations that are uncomfortable for me, myself, and, you know, just, you know, explain to that person, oh, this is why I cannot do this. So I've learned to, you know, I've learned tact and I've also learned empathy in saying no. Hmm. I love that. I found a lot of the women that have been interviewed on the show have a similar answer in terms of learning to say no to things that don't align with your purpose. And the deeper that you get into building, you know, your legacy and your brand and your business, the more you get comfortable saying no to things that don't make you um, you know, feel good or feel comfortable or take you outside of your purpose. I want to thank you, Ola Remy, for taking the time to join us today. I truly appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. I'm so thankful to be on your podcast. And I hope, you know, my story connects to someone out there. It definitely will. It definitely will. Thank you so much. And to all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe on all platforms, rate the show, and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Join the community of faith walkers and sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. And be sure to grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you can think of one person that would receive value from Olu Remy's testimony, please share it with them. 
Be sure to screenshot this week's episode and you can tag us on Instagram. You can tag Oluremi at Oluremi underscore X or at Natural Girl Wigs. And you can tag myself at The Real Bikini Smith and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. <laughs> <laughs>